Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome into the Triple Option. Paul Catalina, Chris Allman, back with us. Hey. Last a, Monday, you had a meeting in Temple. I did. We have a table. We have a table. This is, uh, we're trying, we're constantly trying new aesthetics here on a very new show and seeing how this works. And, and if people like it, by people, I mean me yeah. and, and our, our, our guests. So. It's good, though, because when you make a point, you can drive your fist down on the table like Tom Cruise and A Few Good Men. Yes. Really drive your point home. Yes. That's what I, that's what I was looking at. That's, that's the movie I usually watch when I need motivation for stuff. I'm not kidding. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. I do. Okay. You're she like, will. listen, if you've got to, like, take down a bully, that's what that was. It was. Like, it was, it's the biggest, like, takedown of a bully ever. Wow, that's a really, that's one that's going to fester. I'm going to have to think about that. Biggest takedown of a bully. You know, bigger than the O'Doyle family driving a bus off a cliff and Billy Madison? Yeah, I mean, those people were idiots. Okay. Like, <laughs> they were know, bullies. Yeah, they were bullies. But I do think that, like, that Take was an him. oversimplification. Tom Cruise had to do, like, work. You know, he Chris did. Farley just threw a banana out of the thing, and they, they happened across it. But anytime you can start a sports show with an argument about two great pieces of cinema, you yeah. have to do it. <laughs> a few good men and Billy Madison. Listen, yes. <laughs> different things. Different, different ends of the spectrum. Yeah, that's but saying something. Honestly, should have, criteria, like, should have criterion collections for both of them. Absolutely. Like, I, I want, like, 50 years from now, there'd be, like, an old – professor like a film professor you know tweed jacket that like walks in the room and like the most seminal film of the 1990s was clearly billy madison adam sandler's first solo foray into the cinematic world bradley <laughs> changed Whit so many things bradley whitford's done all this great stuff and he's going to get a star on the walk of fame for playing the villain <laughs> in billy madison yeah exactly <laughs> that's what i like but uh we have a crazy college football weekend um Georgia and Washington looked a little gettable for the um, for the first time this year. Yeah, um, we had some big crazy games. USC and Colorado. USC was up by a lot, and then Colorado. I kind of had a feeling, Gary. I said this to you. I think that if Colorado got into what the hell territory, right. like you know, hey, what the hell? Let's okay. just go. Okay, so what the hell as far as like a draw it up in the dirt and go? Well, you know what? Like, yeah, we're losing by a lot. There's like. There's nothing to lose by just, you know, being us and playing loose. And no. they, you know, they got within a touchdown in that game. I, I don't think, you know, they got within a touchdown with just enough time if you had get an onside kick, but not really. I never really thought they were going to win that game, but they did show you, like, look, you have to, like, how you get Colorado out is do what Oregon did to them. And you, like, oh, yeah. you drive them into a powder early yeah. and take away their soul. And USC – didn't quite do that. Yeah, I thought that the Oregon win, there was equal, not equal amounts of domination. The Oregon win over Colorado was more prolonged domination for yeah. sure. You're right. SC had it for a half, 
And Caleb Williams was doing whatever he wanted to. Yeah. But I do think that 48-41 looks better on paper. And down the line, you'll be able to point to that and say, hey, only seven points to SC. It was a bigger win than that. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, if if Colorado can get into – they should just, from kickoff, just get into what-the-hell territory and just go. Yeah. I mean, kind of what they've been doing. Yeah. But Oregon very easily took them out of it. Yeah. Um, and one of the things, like, USC is not going to get after you on defense like Oregon will. Right. Uh, they're better, clearly. But, again, you saw that. Like, look, you you know, from the, the second quarter on, you, you kind of let it go. And in the fourth quarter, you know, one touchdown carefully placed would have – probably done you a lot of good in, in, yeah. in quelling their spirits. But Colorado's still hanging around. Notre Dame and Duke was a fantastic game. Notre Dame's had two in a row that are just gut-wrenching, just grinded out games. Of course, they had the painful loss to Ohio State. And then for Duke, it's an even more painful loss because Riley Leonard gets a high ankle sprain. He's week to week. Yeah. And so here you have this upstart Duke team that's offense completely runs through Riley Leonard and all the things he's able to do because they're not they're not a high fly. They're not Colorado. They're the exact opposite of what Colorado is. Right. And Riley Leonard being out for the next couple of weeks is going to be tough because um, you know they say he's week to week and that's what coaches say. Yeah. But if he's a high ankle sprain, they have NC State this week, Florida State or NC State in two weeks, which is good news for them because they're off this week. But NC State, Florida State, and Louisville, Florida State and Louisville back-to-back is going to be tough, especially they're going to try to get him ready, I'm sure, for FSU in two weeks sure. and skip him for NC State. But if he's not going to be there and high ankle sprains linger, and yeah. you can't – like the only treatment for it is nothing. Like you just do nothing. Right. You don't walk on it. You don't put pressure on it. You know, I say there's not the only treatment, but like you can't – you know, you can't really play through it. Right, you, you can't go get, get surgery on it or anything like that to you, fix it quick. Yeah, you have to get it better, you know. It's going to be, not that anyone needed further confirmation that it is a quarterback-driven sport for sure, but you're going to find out in two weeks for sure if he can't play just how, again, I don't think anybody's wondering, I wonder how integral Riley Leonard is to Duke's success. Nobody is questioning that. Mm-hmm. It might be quantified now. I mean, they may have beat Notre Dame yeah. should he stay healthy. So, yeah. what are what are your what is your knee jerk to Notre Dame? Are these wins that are building character for them yeah, late? I think so. Okay. I mean, look the the Ohio State one. That's that's something they they've got to learn from. Now, it is very clear over the last two two weeks that. Notre Dame brought in Sam Hartman, and that's a good thing because they needed a senior to make their very young playmakers look better. And other guys, you know, who are going to be very good. Jane Greathouse is going to be a very, very good college yeah. football player. Yeah. But they, like their best skill players are all true freshmen. So you need them to come along faster. Yeah. You know, and at the end of the day against Ohio State, Ohio State had the the playmakers that could in the moment make those big plays. And Notre Dame just didn't quite, but Marcus Stream is certainly building something there, and if he can get the quarterback to replace Sam Hartman, and look, if Notre Dame wins all the rest of them, they'll probably be in the playoff because they're Notre Dame. Because they're Notre Dame. They're Notre Dame. But he's building something there. I just don't see them, when they play USC, being able to slow USC down enough and score with them enough to win that game. But they'll they'll muddy the water, for sure. They'll muddy the water on anybody they play. Yeah. It does, speaking of USC – this is such a generic take. It's hard to objectively say if there's a best player in college football, but I do think 
can you make an argument anybody's a better quarterback than Caleb Williams at this yeah, point? I don't know. I, there's, he's the most unique player in the in the in the country, really, right? Yeah. I mean, so like he can do so many. There's this is a and this is a good year for quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, this is a really good year for quarterbacks, mm -hmm. especially NFL, in the Pac-12. Yeah, the Pac-12's got a lot of good quarterbacks: Michael Penix and Bo Nix and Shadur Sanders, and yeah. they've got good good quarterbacks abound all all over that league. And so Cam Ward, like really good quarterbacks, he's just something different. You know, he is just something yes. different. And, you know, um, I think about the Arizona Cardinals winning over the Cowboys last week, and I can just see, like, you know, the Bidwells, like, going over to Jerry and be like, hey, look, <laughs> you know, I mean, thank you for congratulating us on the win, but, yeah, I mean, I'll send you the game plan if you want. Sure. Like, every time we do this, he gets further and further away. Away from Caleb Williams. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, somebody else is going to get him. Yeah. And then we're going to be like, Stupid cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always think stupid cowboys. Yeah, so. I know. Is Caleb Williams, does he have another year? He could. He, he can could. come back okay. if he wants. I thought to. so. And his father's mentioned that. Like I if, think he, I think I saw his that. His father mentioned it where if he if he leaves, like if he leaves, it's because he's gonna want to go play for the team that has the number one pick. Sure. So he's really got to think about if he wants to be a bear. Well, yeah, I mean, because that could I mean they just drafted Justin Fields, but I think that the way the early part of the season's going, they could they could be fine with changing yeah. that decision real yeah. fast. And Justin Fields can go back up Trey Lance, who's backing up Dak Prescott. Yeah. And just get all the yeah. all the hot young quarterbacks from the last five years. Yeah, right there. And um I think I think he probably winds up in, in Philly or Baltimore. That would be my guess. Okay. But yeah. Okay. Because they run that kind of offense that would actually help him. Nice. That's <laughs> bonus NFL content. So anyway, uh but yeah, no, Caleb Williams is make he's gonna make people rethink how much do we really like our quarterback? Because if you have, like, say your quarterback gets hurt yeah, and you have the opportunity to draft him, yeah, like I'll just throw a team out there that made a huge quarterback trade, the New York Jets. Because it's not a long-term thing. Right. Like, how much could you be tempted to just go, you know. Now, granted, they, uh, the Packers would, would love that. You know, like, the, the Packers could be another one. Yeah. Right? In that, so, Is Jack a big Packers fan? Jack is cute. Oh, you're pointing at you're pointing in yeah. his general direction. Yes, no, okay. that cheese head that's behind you. Oh. I don't think people can see. That's All right. that's uh, that's Jack's cheese head. Finding out so much about Jack that I really like. Yeah, so <laughs> photographer. Yeah, he's, he's, an, he's a real Renaissance man. He is. He really is. He really is. I spent a lot of time with Jack this weekend. We were in, in Central Florida, so yeah, I'd like uh, to hear about that trip. Yeah, by the we're going to talk about it next uh, in the next segment because it's something I don't know if I've ever seen in college football in that. The crowd affected the game like so much early on and then got comfortable and left. And yeah. then and then Baylor was able to come back because every good like the play that Timmy McClain made, and we'll get to it at the end of the game that was just stupid. And I thought, well, that's how Baylor loses. Yeah. Letting a guy run fifty yards backwards yeah. uh, <laughs> to get <laughs> seven yards or whatever it was, uh, and letting that happen. Like that's how they lose this game. Yeah. If that play had happened with the full bounce house, Baylor's probably emotionally crushed. For sure. But because it was only the one section of students a left. COVID crowd. Yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah, because it turned into a COVID crowd. It, it changed. So we'll talk yeah. about that. Uh, Texas was very lucky in that um, – I don't say very lucky. They got the good news that Jalen Daniels is having back spasms before the game. He did not play. Kansas kept it tight early on. And then the third quarter happened, and it just, like, you could feel Texas going. 
and their their ability to run the ball. Jonathan Brooks was fantastic. Texas is showing that they are not messing around. You know, there were times where you take even a good team like Kansas, and Kansas is a good team. Yeah. Kansas is 13-7 in Austin. Kansas probably wins that game, you know, 29-28 on something stupid. Mm-hmm. That's because that's how Texas was. But they get into halftime, they take a breath, and I like I think halftime adjustments get kind of overblown a little bit. Sometimes I think it's just quick little things of like, hey, calm down. Sure. Like just yeah, or a reinforcement of what you talked about pregame. Yeah, just hey. to say, hey, we're not doing this. Let's just do this. Yeah. Yes, let's just do this. We're not going to, or like, hey, we're not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Throw it out. It's not even like a, you know, there's not a coach with his whiteboard going, hey, here's what I thought up. Yeah. <laughs> New play. And in one of the very long TV breaks, <laughs> I thought this up, and I was so glad that we had this 20 minutes. So let me draw this for you. Look yeah. at this. You guys are it's gonna blow your mind. Yeah. Hey, I know yeah, we haven't practiced. Everybody get off your phones. Yeah. Get off your phones, kids. <laughs> I know we haven't practiced it. Yeah. But, but this here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> like, like he's not varsity blues in the oop de oop. It's not that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that. What's going on? Not James Vanderbeek. Yeah. <laughs> Halftime. <laughs> yeah. No. So so Texas. I've been thinking about this because I like to I'm either a little bit too hard on Texas or I kind of just like to poke fun at Texas fan base because poking fun at anonymous fan base can just be kind of fun. I think I've been harder on them because I think I hold them to this idea of that they should be 2006 Texas. That's the Texas that I they think they should win every game like they did in 2006. Well, well you know why you hold them to that ideal? Because that's what they've told you to do. Yes, but I also – Repeatedly. Yes, Yes. They, they, they've asked for that yes, from no, the rest no. of the world. You're, you're 100% right. But I need to remember now that the game is different. These are different kids, different administration, different coaches. And I think what you're seeing, like you said, they are a team now that, if not sharp early, tightens up really well. And they're a kind of team that just their dudes are just going to pressure you. Like, it's just – it's going to build and they're going to bust one, right? Like, I liken it to – I mean, I'm always, I can always make an Astros reference. Man, they may spend six innings trying to figure pitching out. But when they do, they're just going to pressure you. They're going to yeah. put the ball in play. They're going to run on you. Texas kind of has that vibe in that, like, you can stay close, but once they, that pressure gets to be too big, the damn bust like it well, did Saturday. And that looks like it, how it is with the veteran teams, the teams at the top of, yeah. the, of the rankings right now. The older teams, the teams that have done this a little bit, like they can spend a little time playing with their food or looking like they can't figure it out. But yeah. when they do, they do. Yes. You know, and, and, and that's where they've got you. Yes. Whether it's in the third quarter, at the end of the fourth quarter, when they do, they do, and they've got you. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, they're very much, they're very much that team. I, I, and I also think that it took this long and maybe a coach like Sark who um, – has had like such career highs and career lows yeah. to be able to kind of get through to them that like look life is ups and downs yeah. you know the goal is to keep your ups up and your downs medium yes. you know like yeah, yeah, because yeah. you can you know Shrink you're going to have them yeah exactly yeah. and so uh, i remember a conversation i had with a an alumnus of the 05 team okay and i asked him i said hey what's Vince young What's you know? Okay. I said, just it was a private conference, you know. But I said, hey, what's wrong with these guys? And he went on a twenty-minute diatribe about how there were players that had come, and especially in the last like few years, where Texas really hadn't done anything. Yeah, like since two thousand and nine, 
when they lost to Alabama. The players who had come in since then see all that stuff in the halls and like they see how great Texas has been. And then they think just because they put on the shirt that they're Superman. Right. And he said that they don't understand the blood, sweat, and tears that went into that. Yeah. Like, like you guys are cooler now because of what that team did, but you still have to do it. You have to do it over and over again. And then they, he said that was the biggest culture problem. And it feels like Steve Sarkeesian has fixed that. Yeah. And that there are guys who understand what it means to be there. And they had, I mean, there's, you know, I, I, I think it's very funny. We had, they had a very controversial viral moment last year where, or a couple of years ago where the, the defensive line coach, you know, on the bus got recorded just laying in everybody going, look, if you don't want to be yeah. here, the transfer portal's open, you know, like just ripping guys for their effort. And there were a lot of people like, oh, how can he talk to people like that? And I was like, man, I got talked to in freshman football like that. Yeah. Like, well, there were no stakes. Yeah. Like, again, no one was, you know, I didn't <laughs> – Bishop Rowe freshman team didn't have their own network. Yeah. You know, like that was you and carrying I know their people games. that talk to their employees that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, there are like yeah. there are that's that's nothing. Like that was like that's nothing. It's nothing at all. Yeah. So uh and especially in football, like a football coach, like that's that's how they order chicken fingers. <laughs> sure. <you know>? yeah. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Raising Canes didn't want me. Popeyes is right down the street. Do I want the sauce? <laughs> yeah, I want the sauce. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works, you know? But that moment could be the one that, like, people, like, the players on the team are like, oh, these guys are, yeah. these guys are yeah. for real. Yeah. They're, they're not afraid of us, and they, they, they're running the show. Yeah. And so there might have been some times where maybe the players were, like, you just, I think Charlie Strong, who's, Pretty good. He's a good coach. Yeah. I think everything he was saying was falling on completely deaf ears. Like, they just – he was not the right guy for those guys. Yeah. And just could not get that across to them. Right. They're um, – And then Tom Herman was just too tense for his own good. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, Tommy was tense, wasn't he? I just – I've always had this picture of him, like, somebody, like, walking in to, like, the, like the office kitchen in the morning, and it's just, <laughs> just ransacked. And they're like, what happened? There wasn't any creamer. What was I supposed to do? What would you do? I just, just call Bill. Call Bill. He's got it. Couldn't find the <laughs> breakfast blend curry thing. Yeah. Dang it. So Texas, I think, obviously not being a student of Texas, we, we have to watch lots of different things, mile wide and inch deep. Yeah. Where their dudes are really – offensively, they're, they're okay. They're fine. They're athletic. Well, but they're, defensively – well, that's that's. I think that's also kind of been the difference. Yes, is they that, are. I mean, they're giving up twelve and a half points a game. Yeah. So that is the, and I know the Texas Baylor is not a great like sample to say this is, yeah. but I mean they, they put a hurting on Baylor well, defensively. And, but that's what they're doing. Like that's what they're doing to teams late in games. Yes, it's just, that pressure. Yeah, and they had their like Wyoming. You know, they 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 got them late, but Wyoming is also a team that like Craig Bull just you know built out of, of tumbleweeds and dirt out there, you know, and yeah. just like, we're going to go yeah. like just physical, yeah. tough guys. And so they're going to hang with most people they play yeah, because they play that kind of stuff. Sure, yeah. And they're going to get you in a fist fight pretty early on. And then it's how you respond. And the Texas responded to that one with a, with a, with authority. Yes. You know, they responded to out like Alabama comes back and takes a lead for a second. Yes. They responded to that with authority. You know, ba Baylor had a couple of good plays. You know, especially defensively, Texas muffed two punts yeah. against Baylor. A better Baylor team 
A gets gets points off of those where they got none. Yeah. And B, and I'm like, we have great things to talk about Baylor in a second, but B, uh, Texas just said, oh, no big deal. Yeah. We'll we're just we'll just stop you here. Right. At the eleven yard line. Yeah. Doesn't matter. We'll just get the ball back. Yeah. Two minutes from now. Yeah. And you have run out more clock on yourself. Yeah. So that's what they did. That's what good teams do. Now, look, they've got their biggest test, and we'll talk about them more in the last segment because Texas know you has real stakes for the first time sure, in a few yeah. years. Yeah. So um, since probably since they played in the Big 12 championship against each other a few years ago, like this yeah. is the first time since then it has real stakes. And even that game in the Big 12 championship game, you felt like, Oklahoma's going to get them this time. Yeah, like yeah, it yeah, just yeah. felt like going in the way that they were both playing. Yeah. Oklahoma was was on the up, and yeah. then they were kind of was that eighteen. Yeah, that was the year they went to the Sugar Bowl. The yeah, I think it was eighteen. Sam Elliott. Yeah, yeah, we're back here. Uh, poor kid. Yeah, <laughs> I just again, I know we have more to say. There's more substance to these guys than I probably gave them credit for. Yeah, and significantly more than there has been in the last decade. Yes, they um, they're no longer just the the fancy brand name. Right. Yeah. They're they're not the easy butt of the joke. Now they could absolutely stub their toe yeah. and, and make that all happen again. I'm not completely convinced that they're gonna run the table. Yeah. But there's definitely significantly more substance with this, yeah. these guys. They they understand the moment for yeah. sure. They absolutely do. Yeah. When we come back, I was at Baylor and UCF this weekend. I have to sing the praises of UCF uh so much when we get back. Uh but that was something happened in a game that and I have watched as many football games as a forty three year old man. Can watch. Can have watched in his life, I think. Especially according to my wife. Sure, uh, yeah, that's, that's going to change. Yeah, I've watched, <laughs> I've watched as many. She, she thinks I might have gone over the quota, and I, yeah. I don't there know that to be there, a regression. I don't know that there is one. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's the, like the federal budget. You just print more money. Yeah. You just need more room to watch more games. Yeah, we're, we're, at, we're at like a 45-day thing on the shutdown. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we're at right now. Uh, no, we, uh, but it was... Something I don't know if I've ever seen in a game, at okay. least personally. Yeah. Not that it hasn't happened, but it's something I haven't witnessed. I know four-leaf clovers exist. I just haven't <laughs> never, found one. Never seen one? Exactly. Okay. Okay, so when we come back, we're going to talk about Baylor and UCF, the largest comeback in Baylor history, and something from my perspective that I did not think I would ever see. This is the triple option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome back to the Triple Option. Paul Catalina and Chris Allman here. Mr. Monday. Mr. Monday. 
Uh, nope, still don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, not working. Not working. You, 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 you know the wrestling game. I do. You know it. I know the wrestling game very well. Thank you, you for knowing that. And Mr. Monday would not, like, Mr. Monday wouldn't be a wrestler. He would be a promoter. He would be. So, I mean, wrestling has typically been on Monday nights. So if, yeah. we, if I were Mr. Monday night, that's a cool name. Yeah. Mr. Monday midday yeah. doesn't strike any fear into no. the hearts of anyone. Yeah. Mr. Monday is a guy who's got like, he's got like a cigar, yeah. of like a really like a cheap suit that looks fancy. Sure. You know, he's, he's trying to pump up some guy. He's probably got a, a like a rat tail. Yeah. That kind of thing. If it's you pressed me and said, hey, what's the principal's name in Breakfast Club? I'd say, Mr. Monday? Yeah. That's, there you that go. would be my guess. Yeah. Okay. okay. So. Yeah, we got to we got a third movie reference. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that Royden's bit? Sorry, Royden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was in uh, I was in Orlando. Jack and I were in Orlando this week. Uh, and first off the bat, thank you so much to uh, everybody, uh, Jimmy Skiles and uh, everybody with the sports information department and Justin. Everybody, it was great. They were so amazing. We brought back a helmet. They brought us a. They hey. gave us a helmet. Brought it to us at our show on Friday at Bounce House Social Eats. Uh, they were great. Uh, Burger U uh, on campus, uh, which is like if you go to UCF and you're like, man, what can I grab a quick bite while I'm on campus? Burger, Burger U. U. Well, okay. I mean, depending on the time of day, sometimes like Saturday, you got to wait. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's hopping. It's right there by the stadium. It okay. was it was excellent. Awesome. Uh, everything was great. Uh, everybody was great. We uh, top shelf. I know Jack is a big fan of the Mellow Mushroom. They serve. That in the press box, so that's pizza. Yeah. Okay. And okay. pizza wings, everything. Man. So, yeah, uh, it was, it I got was a great. chance to watch some of your program on Friday, and uh -huh. you were interviewing a young lady. Yes. Was that a regular feature of the program while you were down there, or did you just no? Did uh, Jack just find a twenty-five-year-old? No, she's hot. she's she's a freshman. <laughs> okay. She's a freshman at Alabama. Okay. Uh, our sponsor, Meridian Capital Homes, one of the pa partners in that. Okay. Uh, that is his daughter. Uh, Shane's daughter. Okay. Uh, Ryan, my friend, was the is the main like guy who brought us down there and okay. all. But uh, she wants to get into sports broadcasting. Okay. And so, so I she called the master. I veiled her an opportunity okay. to get something on tape just so that she can learn from it and show okay. people and do that. So okay. which uh, eighteen year olds can clip things? Like honestly, we've got guys who are really good at it. She runs circles around Garrett. Like in hey. two seconds. I'm just saying. He's nodding. It happens. Garrett. She had <laughs> she was, yourself short. You're a tremendous. She was on slouch. the show. She was on the show on Friday for like six minutes. Okay. It took her twenty seconds to get it clipped and on social media. <laughs> so fast to make your head spin. That so a... yes. Yeah, so that was Alex. Uh, and best of luck to her. She's a freshman at the University of Alabama. Okay. And Roll uh, tide, she Alex. wants to get in she wants to get into sports broadcasting. So that's why she was she was there learning um, she, and helping us out because you need people on site. You know, Jack and I can only do so much. And when I say when Jack and I can yeah. only do so much, I, Let mean, me, I mean Jack. Why don't you tap the brakes on the I mean, eye thing I mean, right Jack, there, okay? I mean Jack. <laughs> you Listen, and I both know like, who's running somebody, the show. Somebody's got to be the star of the show. <laughs> it's Let's, just unclear who that look, is. You think Taylor yeah. you think, you think Taylor Swift's putting on her own clothes and running the lights? No. Dude, let me tell you something. <laughs> I know this is not an NFL, but – Travis Kelsey has played some really good games with her in attendance. Yeah. I, one time in my life, has a girl come to watch me play. Mm -hmm. And it was when I was a freshman at UMHB, mm -hmm. America's greatest Baptist university. Mm -hmm. And during a dead ball, I was playing terrible against Harden-Simmons. And during a dead ball, I was like one for 14. 
During a dead ball, I screamed the loudest F word anyone's ever screamed on campus at the University of Mary Hardin Baylor because of the pressure of playing in front of this girl that I liked. So the fact that Travis Kelsey is out there balling on Sunday night football should probably just go ahead and get his gold jacket ready. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's already getting one. Yeah. But yeah, this, this yeah. is just one of those things if there's like anybody arguing it. Yeah. If there's somebody like, well, his numbers don't compare to, to Kellen Wilson, you know, Wilson, and you're like, no. You, yeah. Did, no like, no. Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so I, I get that. But something happened in the game that I have personally never witnessed. So that place was hopping tailgating like it was absolutely hopping it was as advertised as advertised okay. packed stadium shakes when they jump i mean just all that it was it was it was a great atmosphere they should be very proud of themselves conversely <laughs> they should be very upset with themselves yeah. because the thing that had crushed baylor's spirit was in fact that Every time they did something, it was compounded by the stadium atmosphere. Yeah. And the crowd being in the game was really messing with Baylor, really messing with a team that had no confidence and played with no confidence in the first three quarters of that game. Yeah. And then, like, at halftime, a large contingent left. And then the third quarter, an even larger contingent left because they were up 35-7. to seven, And then it was, like, 35-10. to 10, And you're like, well – Baylor's played so bad. Now, what UCF needs to learn as a fan base is, and they probably knew this a little bit in the AAC, but 35 to 10 in the Big 12 is not what you call a safe lead. No. It is not. It has not been for a long time. No. Now, 35 to 10 in the fourth quarter, halfway through, with the new clock rules, that's a safe lead. But Baylor rattles off, you know, what, 29 unanswered points. Yeah. And, and wins the game, coming back from their largest deficit in school history. And I think it was in large part because when UCF did good things, and they, I mean, like they had a play at the end of the game that was one of the most ridiculous things you'll ever see in your life with Timmy McClain just running. It's a heck of a play. All, all, like, it looked, I mean, I'm sure Gus Malzahn was ready to kill him. <laughs> and then they got it right. And he's like, well, all's forgiven. Let's just yeah, get up. That's a no, 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 yes play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the biggest no, 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 yes yeah. play you could have possibly had. And I thought at that point, well, Baylor would be cooked, but the stadium was 25% as loud as it could have been in that moment yeah. had everyone been there. And I really do think that that, um, that, help, that helped Baylor kind of get through the, those moments at the end of the game because even though they had this comeback, everything wasn't going perfectly. Like they had to make some big plays and they got they had some penalties in bad spots. They had all these things that if the whole crowd is there, like you get a false start, you get a hold, like a couple yeah. like bad things that went wrong, you know, uh, you you come up short on a third down, right? It is compounded by the fact that you've got a whole crowd, you know, screaming and, and in your head, and they were just gone. Yeah. So it was the and to to make it worse for UCF, Baylor was going away. From the students. From the students. So each time they got yardage, the loudest noise was quieter. Yeah. It's because they were going away from the student section, which was a, a nice little benefit yeah. for them. Did so from being there and seeing it, did did the sparse nature of the crowd positively affect Baylor more just because they didn't have to deal with that that wave that you yeah. that feel like when you feel like a game, like when you just can't 
when you can't make it stop in a game that you're just getting boat race, the worst part oftentimes is the wave of approval coming from the other crowd. Yeah. Right? Do you think that the absence of that late had a bigger positive effect on Baylor, or do you think it hurt UCF to not drive the emotion that they needed to finish that game? I think I think it hurt UCF. Yeah. I think it was a benefit to Baylor because then all of a sudden, like there are things where, like you know, you get in a huddle and you're like, all right, here's what we're gonna do, yeah. and like the the whole like taking the crowd out of it is one thing when there's the whole crowd's there mm -hmm. and they're like sitting on their hands and they're nervous and they're not saying anything as opposed to you took the crowd like literally out like UCF took their own crowd out sure. uh, outside <laughs> the stadium by being so good yeah like playing so well in the in the first three quarters of that game they took out their own crowd the other thing that they did and this was I'm sure Gus Malzahn is that this is the part he's going to kick himself for is they quit being aggressive because I do think that Gus Malzahn knew this as well, that like 25 points isn't safe. Like you just get a couple first yeah. downs and, and shave off some time. They're not going to have enough time to come back 26. And when the fumble happened, that looks like they were about to do that. So when the, the fumble return happened and you know, they, they were, you know, Jenkins came back and got that. Like yeah. that was, that was the, that was the moment that like UCF really lost the game, even though, there was still, still more had game to, to play. They yeah. still had to kick the field goal. Yeah. But had that drive finished off the way he wanted it to, then Baylor doesn't have enough time to come back. So. Right. Yeah. Um, that, that – I was sitting there watching that UCF drive where they were up 35-26, thinking the only way this gets better is a turnover. There's no way mm – -hmm. and even to the point where – I don't want to make it sound like I predicted it, but I thought – Boy, ideal situation here is a turnover returned for a touchdown because mm. they couldn't even really spare the extra time to get the takeaway and go on the drive. Yeah, like it could not have worked out better. Yeah, absolutely. For Baylor and slash worse for UCF. One of the things uh, on the pregame show uh, that Smokey and I talked about was they needed big, like they have not Baylor's not had big emotional plays right this year. They did block a field goal, but it felt like such nothing. Yeah. at the time that it wasn't. You know, yes, but Coach Aranda was fired up. Yeah, exactly. I, you don't see that often from him. No, but they did. They blocked a field goal, and in the moment, it felt like, well, okay, good, good job on your one thing. Yeah, like when you get to the, <laughs> when you get to the, the the room, like gold star for the guy who blocked the field goal. Yeah, like when all, my my four year old shows me the picture he drew. Yeah, I'm like, hey, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you did it. Yeah. Keep up. Keep keep working. Yeah. Keep working. Not in the lines, but yeah. you got the color on the page. Yeah, at least you're not watching TV. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, no, but that, that's how it would have been. Yeah. And and then that moment, a couple others, Monterey Ray Baldwin's big play, you know, some of Richard Reese's, you know, runs were like, you know, and Baylor finally started getting the ball to the guys who were the best playmakers on their team, so that, that affected the game. But – they needed a big spark play, which they had not had through the first four games, and they got it in the right moment uh, against UCF. Now, I will say this, after I spent some time kind of drilling down on things they did wrong, UCF, based on what they have available to them, is going to be a problem in this league eventually. They are going to be a problem because – I say a problem in a good way. Like they're they're yeah. going to be tough because there's recruits that are going to want to go there now. It's a great environment. The game atmosphere is wonderful. They're not going to be able to, like you know, like teams are going to be like, oh god, we don't want to go to the bounce house. We don't go to the bounce house. Yeah. And so when you start getting, and and they've already started getting the players. 
when you start getting the players to the numbers that they, they need to get the players to compete in the Power Five, they're going to be really, really good. How long does that take? I, I mean, now, shoot, two years, yeah. a year. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't like this is not like, oh, I got to get my guys in here. I got to get the, the high school blue chips and the sure. diamonds in the rough, and I got to polish them up and I get it ready to win in four years. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, you can do it in a year or two. Yeah. I, think, I think people are proving that. The and answer to that question has changed so much. Like, the answer for UCF might be, oh, a couple years. The answers fans want now is next year. Yeah. Like, you've got the portal, you've got NIL, make it all better next year. Yeah. But obviously, that's not reality. No, I don't disagree. Like, UCF's, they have all of the uh, environmental factors that will make them a player in the Big 12 and nationally. If you were creating the school on, on, the video game, right, mm -hmm. on, on NCAA 24 when it comes out. And you were to pick the things, like, if you wanted to, like, okay, I'm going to grow my school into this. Well, I'm going to pick a school, and I'm going to do this and this and this. They've done all of those things. Like, you, you know, they'll eventually do some stadium upgrades. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that'll happen. But they have, a, they have a really great environment and atmosphere. They do things really well. The, the setting around it is really good. You know, and they they've got they've got some NIL sponsorships already that are really good. So they're getting it like they have, and they have the largest living alumni base and the youngest living alumni base in the country. Yeah. So they've got people like they're not they're not going to have to wait on on you know some old guys to die so they get that yeah. that trust fund. <laughs> yeah. You know, like oh yeah, when I go, all the money's going to you. Well, like when is that going to be? <laughs> Is that emphysema doing, Herb? <laughs> you know, like they just, they have. How's the emphysema this? doing, Herb? <laughs> Do y'all print shirts? Can we get some shirts with that on it? <laughs> so those are the things that, um, that make them, they're going to make, they're lethal. They're yeah. going to be very lethal in the new Big 12. And Well, they are going to be kicking themselves now because they go, where they get West Virginia OU now. Yeah, and West Virginia much better than anybody thought. Yeah. Oh, hey, look, I, I'll, I'll say this. I'm going to give you a little preview of the top five today. Okay. This is on the top five. You get this four hours and beforehand, we'll do it. Okay. Four hours early. Neil Brown's off the hot seat. Is he? Take him off. Garrett, you hear take that, him off, Garrett? right? All right. He I, should be. Take him off. I don't see you taking him off, Garrett. Yeah. You take him off? It's, it's mentally. Okay. It's, it's mentally. a mental list. Yeah. Okay. Excuse take, me. Uh, take him off. He's, he's beaten Pitt. Their biggest rival. He's beaten Tech. He just went to beat the team that um, went to the CFP last year. So, yeah, you you're, know. our friend Stephen Simcox did not have a good weekend. No, I'm going to see him on Wednesday. I'm glad I have I give him some time. Saw him this morning. Not doing well, Paul. I don't think he. <laughs> not I wouldn't doing think he well. would be. He would be. Nope. First of all, he had to watch TCU West Virginia at his in-laws' house, oh. so he wasn't even in a place where he could really express his pain. I'll let him tell you about it on Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I've been there. Okay. I've been there. Yeah. Where, like, somebody's like, oh, yeah, you can watch the game in the other room. And then I'm like, okay, I'll be there. I'm sorry. I'm going to be antisocial. But, yeah. you know, we missed the first half. We're just going to watch the second half. Yeah. And then you're, you're they're like, so how'd it go? We'll talk about it. Yeah. The best part of Steven talking about it, and I don't want to steal his thunder, and apologies to his wife's family if they're watching, is that they all kind of think it's kind of dumb that somebody's that into sports. So he has to... He has to not just rein in the negative emotion. He has to rein in the emotion. And he's uh -huh. obviously, like, really loves TCU. Yeah. So listening to him talk about it, it's, like, it's really painful and funny. Yeah. I was at my aunt and uncle's one time, 
And we were just, it was my dad and I, and we were staying there for the night. We were in College Station for an event, and we were just staying there for the night. It wasn't like a big thing, but it was during the Final Four. And so it was when Oklahoma State was in the Final Four. Okay. And so we're just staying at the house for the night and then coming back. And so we decided to watch the Final Four. My dad and I are watching it. And one of their son's girlfriends came in and would not stop talking <laughs> during the final four. And my dad and I were like, you know, I mean, there's like, there's other rooms in the house you can go to. There's other houses you could go to. And then she was like, then like, I kind of said something like, Hey, hey hold on. This guy's got hurt. I think I need to hear what's going on. And she's like, who cares about this? <laughs> And, like, the daggers we stared through at her, especially me. My dad, you knew him. He was very jovial. Yeah. He probably was enjoying me getting irritated yeah. more. But I just stared daggers through her, and she, like, went in the kitchen. And she wasn't a whisperer, you know. So she was trying to whisper, and it was like, what is his problem? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you've been sitting. And not only that, she was sitting on the ground by the television. If I could, I'll just do it, like, here. She was, like, right here to the TV on the ground. On the Right there. So she was, she like move her hand and then I'd, I'd miss a dunk. I, I, I had to watch Baylor OU 2011 in a house with a newborn baby, not my own. So I had to be courteous of someone else's newborn. So Griffin throws that ball to Terrence Williams and I just, I just have to sit there completely silent. It's the only time in my life I thought I was going to actually implode. Like I really just thought I was going to combust on the yeah. couch. Yeah. So. There's no moral to these stories at no. all. <laughs> hey, in my own house in 2013, when Florida State won the title, I did choose to go outside because we were in an apartment building that had three other like yeah. units in it. And I thought, you know, maybe I walk down the street a little ways and scream. People will not think that anybody's getting attacked. So I'm so excited. <laughs> so that's, that was, that's what I chose to do. Uh, can I ask you a question as a person who I think has their finger on the pulse of it better? I know we need to go to break here. Yes. Does that game dramatically change the course of Baylor's season? It only matters if they beat Texas Tech. I agree. It only matters. If, look, but if they lose that game and Texas Tech did what they did and pulled away from Houston and won that game yeah. like they did. So if nothing changes except the one factor of Baylor doesn't come back and win that game, then – I think there's probably no way they're beating Texas Tech because their confidence would be totally shot. Sure, yeah. But now you've got two teams who are, in the, who are still in the exact same position. Yeah. And look, both those teams could have lost last week and then would have been in the exact same position. So now you've got teams that are on, on even keel right now. Yeah, they're As both two it, and three, both one and one. Yeah. And both of them have had very disappointing starts. Mm -hmm. And both of them uh, got the win they needed to keep – not every goal realistic because I, 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 you know, I still am not going to think that either of them is going to be playing in Dallas or right. in Arlington at the end of the year, but to make it to where the, the season is not disastrous. Yeah, yeah, this, because the winner of this, the winner of this game is going to be in the upper tier for a week of the standing in the Big Twelve, and the other one is going to go back down to yeah. the bottom. And yeah. so that I think it is a pressure filled week for both yeah. programs. Yeah, a, a lot of pressure. Yeah. And, you know, the, the games have been, other than last year, which Tech made it close for a minute, but Baylor pulled away, the games have been, especially since they've gone back to, on campus, have been very close. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens. These are two teams that I think 
at full strength, they're probably pretty evenly matched, mm-hmm. and neither of them are, are at full strength. Right. Um, so we'll see. And Baylor has their starter, and Tech is playing with their backup, although I think they I think they really like the guy. But Yeah. But I've always they, felt like a backup at Texas Tech is like – not really a backup, yeah. a backup quarterback. Yeah. You know, like yeah. there's always a dude. Yeah. So and Baron Morton's got a lot, a lot of positive things he's done, especially if you watched when he, when he started for them last year, he played well. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I mean, Blake Shapin played a really good game in spite yeah. of, especially early on, getting absolutely drilled several yeah. times. So the Big 12 is starting to maybe, you know, morph a little bit from what it, we thought it was going to be a couple weeks ago. And look, mm-hmm. af- after that Texas game, and, and the first three quarters of that game, um, you know, I kind of I'm, – I'm looking back, and I was talking to Jerry Hill from the Baylor Bear Insider, and I was joking with him. I was like, listen, you don't want to create any, like, any kind of, you know, fake confidence with UCF. Like, that's what you – like, you, you want to make sure that they're good before you really take it away from them. Yeah. So let them score again. Sure enough, they did, <laughs> you know. And, and then all of a sudden, the fourth quarter happens. I was like, did I just accidentally, like – predict what was going to happen did, making a joke yeah. i think you have that gift yeah i don't know but it was it was it was something it was a sight to behold yeah it was it was a real sight to behold and it was one of the stranger things i'd ever seen all right when we come back the red river rivalry is that what it is now they can't okay. call it it's a the shootout. shootout to me yeah the shootout uh we will uh we'll talk and we'll call it the shootout yeah we will yeah we're not going to uh, bow to culture, yeah. Paul. Come cancel me. It's the but yes. shootout. Yes. So we will talk about that one. Real stakes for the first time in five years. I'm excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. This is the triple option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, metro ethernet, waves, dark fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome back, Paul Catalina and Chris Allman. And I have a face for radio. No, the gray. Look at all that gray. No, it's it's, you're distinguished. It's not distinguished. Clooney's got gray. (laughs) Okay, you're right. Good point. Me and Clooney are exactly. When you wake up in the morning, if you don't think that you're George Clooney, you don't think like George Clooney, you're never going to be George Clooney. Okay. Now look. Reality will smack you in the face really quick, but like, sure. But at least you started out that way. Sure. When I go home to Woodway and he's on the Malfi Coast, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just man, it goes so much gray. Okay, sorry. Red River when, Shootout. Yeah, Red River Shootout. Yeah. <laughs> Segway. Did they shoot that scene in Ocean's Twelve at his house on Lake Como? Probably. That, yeah. 
So like, then he it's like he probably even saved money. On do that we, need, movie. we need do we need to do a Clooney segment? I don't think I knew. Like I've been on this show six times, and I feel like Ocean's Eleven has come up at least three times. Listen, Are you a? Is that your dude? Is Clooney your guy? Ah, uh, he's one of my guys. Okay. I have like a rat pack of guys. Sure. Who know. is it? Yeah. Who is it? Let's um, play Get to Know Paul. Let's see. Clooney. Yeah. Like I like Clooney. Paulie Shore. <laughs> um, you know. Thank uh, you for laughing at that, Gary. Yeah. Hanks. Uh, Hanks. See anything Hanks does? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you who else. Underrated. Nobody talks about him. Won an Academy Award. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He's fantastic. Nobody yeah. talks about Sam Rockwell. He's good in every kind of role. Sure. Every kind of role. He can be the villain. Great, be the hero. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's greatness. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. That's, um, trying to think. Denzel, so I'm going to let Smokey have Denzel. Okay. That's his guy. I mean, even though he's wrong about the, what the best Denzel movies are. He's got, he's got the list all wrong. Okay. Does Smokey he, like the ones where... No, no, no. He, he's got it, but uh, maybe it's not even that. He thinks that... The Equalizer could beat John Wick, and that's just not happening. <laughs> just not. I mean, okay. it would be a heck of a thing to watch, but, you know. Okay. The, I mean, the best Denzel is, like, glory Denzel. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I mean Training Day Denzel's the best Denzel. Yeah. Remember the Titans Denzel. Yeah. Just, that's a, that's family Denzel. But, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let him have that. And since, since I have so many. Sure, yeah. You've got a rat pack. Yeah, I've got okay. a rat pack of guys. Okay. Um, you know, if, who else? Like, if they're in it, I'll see it. McConaughey. I'll see anything McConaughey's in. I will. I respect the hustle. I won't, but that's not like a vendetta against McConaughey. Yeah. I just think that I don't know if there's ever been anything better than Daisy Confused. So, okay. not going to mess with it. I'm going to tell you, Mud is a fantastic movie. Mud? Mud is fantastic. Never heard of it. Oh, it's so good. It's elite. It's elite. Mud is elite. Mud. elite. Yes. It's his favorite movie that he's ever done. Well, this show pissed. His, his, <laughs> his, look, his 10 to 15 minutes in The Wolf of Wall Street is the best part of that movie. Yeah. Also, not one you can show the family. No, not one you can show the family. <laughs> um, you know, and here's the thing. His bad movies are so bad, but enjoyable because he knows. And he's just like, all right, all right, all right. Getting a paycheck here. Go some girlfriend's pass. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> You're my first girlfriend. It's the second one. And I'm, I'm having some kind of hallucination. Is, Let's uh, get it. Is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days one of his bad ones or his good ones? That's uh, in the middle. Okay. It's in the middle. Okay. So the Red River Shootout. The Red River Shootout, <laughs> which he will be in attendance at. You're dang right he yeah, will. He will be in attendance. Might call at, a play. Is the, is the first time in five years that this game has had real stakes. Yeah. It, it, it is. And so now it's got real stakes. It's got stakes for people who aren't even in the game because I'm pretty sure the rest of the Big 12 would like to see these teams beat up each other so much that they mm -hmm. become vulnerable to the rest of the league. Yeah. Don't make the Big 12 title game, and, and, and that's, that narrative dies. Because the worst thing for the Big 12 would be, hey, we got this great league. It's going to be great without Texas and Oklahoma. You don't need them. Yeah. We don't need them. And because the last two years, that's been the case in that – yeah. They haven't needed te Texas and Oklahoma. We're not part of the yeah. championship picture. Um, Texas later in the year than Oklahoma last year. Um, Oklahoma later in the, in the year than Texas a couple years ago. But look, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, TCU, all played in the Big 12 title game. None of those teams are the teams that are leaving. Yeah. So it looked like that the SEC like, was getting the lesser of yeah. 
you know, the Texas and Oklahomas of, of, of years past. Now you have Texas and Oklahoma in prime position to make a statement yeah. and play each other potentially twice again and go into the SEC one and two in the Big, in 12. The Big 12. Yeah. I think that's a temporary pain. It is, but it's just one of those things that – It's a bad look. You've, you've built all of this – you had Brett Yormark's telling Texas Tech to beat him again. Yeah. You know, like all these things. And then they're just going to be like, all right. Yeah. I mean, we're, we'll show you on the way out the door who we were for most of the, the history yeah. of this conference, especially Oklahoma. Yeah. Texas kind of half and half. But Oklahoma, for most of the whole thing, has been the guys. The guys. So in this one, I think the rankings would tell you Texas is the favorite. I don't know the line. I haven't looked at, like, who's the actual yeah. favorite. But – the expectation is Texas beats Oklahoma, right? Like, I don't think they're going to boat race them like they did last year. But I think thus far through five games, Texas has put together a little bit better resume and probably feels a little less – I don't even want to say Oklahoma is shaky. Mm -hmm. But because they're a year removed from a very uncharacteristic Oklahoma season, yeah. they're still in that, like, okay, they got to rebuild some of their relational capital mm -hmm. with all of us. Yeah. So I think that – the Texas is probably the favorite, right? Isn't the expectation that they yeah, win and go on but, to 6-0? and But I will say, Oklahoma scoring 50 last week maybe makes you go, oh, have they figured out, have they figured out something on offense yeah. that they had early in the season? And their defense has been good all year long. I think this one's going to skew a lot lower in points than maybe previously thought because both of these are really good defenses. I think so. And so the, the difference, I think, between Texas and Oklahoma is when you have games like that, for example, Ohio State and Notre Dame. Ohio State needed Emeka Ekuba to make a play at the end of the game, and he did, right? He was a star that Notre Dame did not have. Texas has those guys, and Oklahoma doesn't really now. Right. They've got guys who are probably going to be good, mm -hmm. but Texas has guys with, with maybe some more pelts on the wall, right? And so I think when it comes down to it, that's probably the difference in the game, especially when you look at the running game. Compared, Texas has – Jonathan Brooks has just exploded the last few weeks. Yeah. And Oklahoma doesn't have a Jonathan Brooks. Right. So, I'm leaning Texas here, but here's what else you'll know about this game. It is always weird. It is I, always weird. I, the, I, the first time I went to it, uh, it was – or covered it. It was actually also the first time I went to it, but I went there, and it was Sam Bradford and OU against – would that have been – What year was it? 09, I want to say, 10. Colts last year? I, I feel like yeah. 09, 09 was Colt McCoy. Yeah, that was a Big 12 championship year. Might, might have been, yeah, might have been, yeah, because Oklahoma lost. Uh, Sam Bradford hurt his shoulder in the game. Marquise Goodwin made a big, big, big play. Um, Will Muschamp was still a DC. Was he the coach in waiting? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so all that was going on, and it was. I cannot remember, um, but they uh, – I do think that uh, – like it was such a weird game where you had all these stars in this game and it just did not play out that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, underwhelming. Yeah, underwhelming. Yeah. Because the game gets weird. There have been – like Charlie Strong beat a really good Oklahoma team yeah. one time. Case like McCoy beat Oklahoma. Yeah, so like you had all these weird things happen in this rivalry. Right when they shouldn't have happened. So while the two things I expect is this game not to be as high scoring in points as maybe people think, mm -hmm. 
And two, that it's going to be weird because it is such an intense rivalry. Yeah. And Oklahoma would love nothing more than to, you know, take Texas down a peg or two mm-hmm. when Texas is feeling really good about themselves. Yes. Which, which, not for the entire duration of the Mac Brown era, but that happened a lot. There were, yeah. I mean, I'd have to go back and look, but there were a handful of games where Texas came in the higher ranked team and Bob Stoops' teams put it on them. I mean, obviously the first couple of the Bob Stoops era or, or early, early in the Bob Stoops era when they beat them 64 to 13. And then maybe even the next year when they beat them like 10 nothing or something. Those are higher ranked Texas teams. Yeah. It's not always fair to go back 20 years as your like anecdotal evidence, but you're right. Weird, unpredictable. Not always fun, sometimes underwhelming. This one, even if it's low scoring, I still think it has the possibility of being really, really fun because I think there's that heat there. Mm-hmm. I think there's that heat there that made me want to watch Colorado and Colorado State, mm-hmm. you know, two weeks ago when I don't give a rip about Colorado State at all and I have a passing interest in Colorado. So I think the juice of this one is really the what puts eyeballs on it for me especially, and I'll watch it just because of the juice. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to try to figure out which game that was, so I'm not talking out of turn here. All right. 2005. 09, Texas definitely would have won. Yeah. 16, 13. That, that was definitely the game. 09. Yeah. 08, um, Bradford won the Heisman, so Oklahoma would have beat Texas that year. Yes. Uh, no, actually, Texas beat Oklahoma that year, too. The year Bradford 30. won the Heisman? Yeah, 45, 35. Uh, Texas won that game, 45, Wow, 35. okay. So... Um, Oklahoma would go on to win the next three after that. And then, like, they were trading them for a little while. They've been trading them. But, um, but yeah, it would have been an 0-9. It would have been 0-9. Um, so, yeah, I, I – and, oh, look, Texas was number three in the country, but Oklahoma had Sam Bradford, so I kept thinking, like, oh, well, this, they're gonna, this is going to be an explosive game. Yeah. Bradford got hurt in the game, uh, and then it was just – it was so strange. Yeah. Um, and that's what I've thought. Like ever since then, I've watched the game differently, knowing that this is one that just, yeah, it gets it gets it, the the waters get muddy really fast mm-hmm. because somebody's going to make a big play. Of course, like a couple years ago, Texas is in total control, and then Lincoln Riley's like, "All right, well, Spencer Rattler, um, I'm going to take you out because if I don't, uh, all these people are going <laughs> to kill me, and I'm going to put in Caleb Williams and see what happens." And then basically, they just they just called. Caleb. Like, sure, yeah. All right, what are we going to do? We're going to do Caleb, and then that's what happened. He, he brought them all the way back. And God, doesn't that feel like a million years ago? Yeah. And, and Caleb Williams is still out two here just ago. balling on people. Two years <laughs> yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, so, it seems like forever ago. Yeah. So, yeah, here we go. So, yeah, Caleb Williams, that was, that was his breakout moment uh, where, yeah, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure Texas fans are still like. Yeah, they're like, what just happened? God, like, God. Yeah. <laughs> they got it back last year, though. Yeah, they did. They did. Is this one have any – now having lived in Texas for as long as you have, and I know we got one minute here, where is it on the – if Florida State-Miami is a is a 100 on the hate level, or Florida State-Florida, whichever one is your – Oh, it's it's the same. Like, it's the same as those. Okay. You, like, feel, like, you feel like it's the same? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, like, I can tell you, I, after that game, to, to go to the press room at the Cotton Bowl is really – a. A, a difficult thing because I would think you go so. stadium's you, 300 years old. Yeah, you go down the elevator and then you walk across the concourse where people are leaving the stadium. Mm-hmm. Now it would have been easier if you were walking through the Texas side of the stadium in that moment. Yeah, because Texas had won and their fans sure. were happy. 
Oklahoma's fans were so pissed. I bet. That when you're like, hey, excuse me, I'm just trying to get yeah. here. And they're like, my life is ruined. <laughs> you need to go over here. I can't even look at my wife in the eye. You know, like that, that, like that was the kind of pain that they had. And like, I just, I need to, to get you. I just need to do my job. Just, yeah. just trying to, just trying to go to work. I don't have a dog in the, I, you know, I was on, I was like, sir, I was on your side today. <laughs> yeah. You know, my, my father went to A&M. I don't have any real feelings about yeah. you. You've mostly torched Texas A&M every time you've played them. So really, I'm kind of afraid of you in every, every yeah. sense of the word. So is he. But uh, this was, I mean, can I just, can I just can I, whatever gets me just across whatever, the concourse. It's you and yeah, I just, yeah, yeah that's just all I'm trying to do. Just don't when punch me. There's also like 25 people behind me trying to do the same sure, thing. Yeah. I just happen yeah. to be in the front of this line. Yeah. And that's then, David, that's David Smoke right back there. Just help us get he through. Was, he was, not, he was not, he and uh, I had not met yet. Oh. We had not met. That was, uh, that was the year oh, before yeah. we met. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. We had not met yet. Uh, I went to cover that game with Adam Winkler. I was helping him out. Uh, ah. They do not let you, uh, what well, they call it in the business, one man bandit. So, if you're a TV station, you have to have two people. Ah. So, uh, I had to, they didn't have a second person available okay. uh, for that because there were other things going on. Okay. So, uh, I was helping Winkler. That's a renaissance, man. Yeah. What do you think about that, Jack? <laughs> so, yeah, that was what I was doing. Well, anyway, for that walk down memory lane. <laughs> that was fun. But, yeah. More Paul. Yeah. Or, well, fine. Like, you might, might maybe Monday you can ask me a get-to-know-me question. I would love to do that. We'll, we'll do that. You can think up, we'll think up one. We, we need to shorten that segment anyway. Like, one get-to-know-Paul question. Yeah. That we can put out do, there. Do your, do your viewers know why you love the Red Sox so much? Maybe we could talk about that one week. We could. Okay. We could. It, it's, Being it's, a Florida guy? Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. do that. It, it, you know, it's all about, it's all about it's, a, it's a wonderful tale of spring training. Yes. I know why. Yeah. But I want the fine folks of 365 chat room to know. Yeah. I, it is. I was just down, obviously just down in Florida when the Red Sox season ended. And I was glad I was distracted because it was, it was just a sad day all around. Yeah. At least and, the Yankees suck, too. Yeah, but they finished behind the Yankees. It doesn't matter. And Tim Wakefield's dead. So, like, again. Boy, way to really, leave the, Thank you really for joining tough. us, everyone. <laughs> really tough. Paul really with tough. Uh, Tim Wakefield's obituary on the way as we sign off here Absolutely. Today. Well, this is the triple option. <laughs> Less sad stuff tomorrow, I promise. Roy Nogletree was at the game as well uh, yesterday. But then um, it'll get sad again on Wednesday when Paul asks Stephen about TCU football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's going to do it for us. This is the Triple Option of 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, 